You're listening to Not Another Origin Story. I'm your host, Pogues, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Uh, for this podcast episode, I'll be keeping a counter of great actors that are terribly underutilized. All right, well, it's going to be a big counter. <laughs> uh, we watched Art School Confidential, and we have a special guest this week, a real expert on not just uh, this movie, the comic, the author, but just art school in general. We're joined by Jess Standiford. Hi! It's excitement. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reflection of art school yeah, in, yeah. in verbal form. It is really what you got is. There. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this is uh, a departure oh, from our boy. usual content to finish. <laughs> yeah. As, as far off from the films we've done recently as possible. Which is what I wanted, though. You know, we, it's so easy to do uh, to make fun of uh, barbed wire. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, it's it's a it's a bigger challenge mm-hmm. to talk about something like uh uh that's that's based off an indie comic for one. We've only done one real indie comic, which is yeah. Scott Pilgrim. That's correct. Oh, what about the Crow? Uh, okay. Uh, okay, but like I feel like the, it's on a different level because like I feel like the Crow, like everybody kind of knows about it in some form or fashion, but like Daniel Klaus is not really a home like a well known name, so like. Yeah. It's, it's also kind of difficult to, like, talk about a movie that you're just kind of like, ah, oh, man. Yeah. From such a well-respected author. <laughs> also, this film itself, not that much of a blockbuster. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> I was probably, I think my ex and I were, like, one of five people in the theater watching it. Was that opening weekend? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Is this what led to you guys breaking up? He was like, I can't, I'm sorry, you keep picking terrible movies. No, actually what ended up uh, breaking us up was me going to art school. So. Oh. <laughs> but, um, bump. This yeah. has been Jess Dana for Confidential. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this, this is a real window, the exact opposite of this film. Yeah. Uh, you obviously seem to have a connection to uh, the, the movie and the author, who I got to admit, I did not know his name. So That's I apologize cool. for well, well, being we are unwashed even. We are on a spectrum of knowledge here because you're fully unaware, uh, ignorant, Stupid, I would say. Oh, uh, wow. And then, wow. Uh, wow. I mean, that was a little hurtful. <laughs> I know. I'm, like, I'm an expert, and I'm like, no, I'm just newbie. Uh, it's totally fine. I mean, I have a degree, Ben. It's, you know, it's <laughs> not from an art school. But... He's not deaf, deaf, and blind. Like, let's give him some credit. Look, look, look. I'm all... I start, I, I'm recording this podcast. <laughs> he can cut it off. <laughs> yeah. I got my own podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, there's no one anybody can do these. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle because I've read a lot of Daniel Klaus's, uh, more popular works and some of his, um, some of his box, you know, like start to finish books. I haven't read mm-hmm. much of his eight ball stuff or anything. And Jess is on the other knowledge filled end of the spectrum because <laughs> she actually has two books with her right now. Yes. <laughs> Both a, a Daniel Klaus compendium and the eight ball, uh, collection. Yeah, the complete eight ball, which has the, um, issue, which is, I believe, number seven. Seven. Yeah. Um, published in 1991, um, that not only features, um, like a velvet, like a velvet glove cast in iron, say that three times. Yeah, that's just the one I know. Yeah. Um, but it also has art school confidential as well as a short comic about Chicago and how awesome yet shitty it is. So that's true. Perfect. It's the perfect uh, issue for me. And we know that because we both live in Chicago. Exactly. Uh, just to get that out there. Yeah. Uh, Just if you guys hear like a, like a little bit of silence, that's me editing out that huge sigh I just let out. Yay. But you, you've been a huge fan of Klaus's work for 
Uh, how long? God, um, probably since I was 15. Oh. Um, so my best friend, Danya, um, gave me Ghost World for my birthday, my 16th birthday. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the very first comics that I ever read. And I instantly fell in love with it. Um, just a little bit of background in like what I was into as a kid. I was a huge Ren and Stimpy fan when I was a kid, but I didn't like the storylines. I liked the art. Right. I was like all about Johnny K's like artwork and things of that nature. And so um, when I saw Daniel Klaus's illustration style, the line quality, his use of use of halftone, things of that nature, I was like immediately in and wanted to read everything by him. Wow. And so. Um, basically started a downward spiral. Um, downward spiral. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 serious, because, like, when I met him uh, at the MCA during, like, while he was there for his retrospective, I, like, said, I was like, yeah, the first comic that I ever read was Ghost World. And he looked at me and he said, I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow, not a lot of faith in his own work. No, no, he is not. Also, when I told him that I wanted to get a piece by him tattooed on my body, he said, please don't. That's going to keep me up at night. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he has zero faith in his own work, but that's what I love about him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've seen him at two different, uh, uh, both a convention and at a local uh, com- uh, comic book store signing, uh, looking exactly as I would picture him at all times, yeah. frowning and upset with the world. Yeah, he kind of looks like a 55-year-old grumpy cat. <laughs> like, <laughs> he and, does, yes. Which is part of the reason why I have a huge crush on him. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't get him to be a guest, too. I should have brought I him I know, on. you should have. He's a Chicago I, boy. I, I feel like you probably could have, judging by the way <laughs> you guys are talking about him. <laughs> I mean, if, well, I mean, he is doing Mark Maron's podcast, so, I mean, he might be a little bit too... I think, I, I think I'd be scared that if I said, hey, I, I'm doing a podcast on comic books, he would just shoot himself in front of me. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, most likely, yes. That'll keep me up at night. Uh, <laughs> well, guys, we've apparently killed an author. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, but for a good reference point for talking about this movie, uh, uh, we reviewed the article confidential of the original, the original book. Uh, uh, I'm doing air quotes right now on the book. <laughs> Uh, the original article confidential was four pages long. Yes, four pages, which <laughs> might explain the ending to this film. <laughs> oh, hands down. Yes. Also, probably everything else about the film. Yeah. Um, if I recall, he said he was just four pages short of his usual page quota for an ep- for an issue of Eight Ball. Yeah, and was like I'll just write about art school. Exactly. And then now it's one of his more formative, popular works. Does the Does the comic have uh, a serial killer in it? Well, okay. So- <laughs> The comic book, um, the the narrator for the four page comic strip mm-hmm. or you know comic is a um, individual who is basically playing like a undercover detective who is uh, basically unveiling the bullshit that is art school. Um, so he's taking you inside and you know teaching you like telling you about how the instructors are there just to get pussy and that the women aren't that great looking and they're kind of intimidating and that you're not going to really learn much from art school. So like, don't spend your money because you know, the most invaluable piece of paper you'll ever own is a BFA. (laughs) (laughs) Which he signs, I believe the issue with his own BFA. He does. He does. (laughs) Interesting. That sounds like a slightly better, I'll say this. I, the beginning of this movie I was super into it, and by the end, I was like, "This movie is terrible." Absolutely, oh, I correct. totally agree yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. and it, like, I don't know if somebody rewrote the ending because the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie are two different, mm. like, 
wild points. different. Yeah, but like he doesn't even achieve. Uh, we'll go into it later as we go yeah. into it. No, uh, real quick, I'd like to just maybe go into. I had, I had never seen this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, I had heard of it, mm-hmm. didn't know what it was about at all. So I went on Amazon to rent it. I knew that Ben had said that John Malkovich and Steve Buscemi were in it. And so I pull up the page on Amazon to rent the movie. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is the movie. And I'm like, well, no, it says it's got John Malkovich. So this is how I went into the movie. This is the description on Amazon of what this movie is about. Josh convinces his younger brother, Sam, that he is S.A.M., a a strategically altered mutant who has been sold to the government by their estranged parents and turned into a robotic child warrior. During one shuffle between mom and dad, the troubled youths run away to Canada on an adventure of self-discovery. For the first 15 minutes, I was like, where the fuck is this character, Sam? Because I didn't, I was just like, wow, what does this have to do with art school? I was so lost in this movie. No, this came up for me, too, because I had, I had rented it uh, on my phone, and then I was playing it on my TV, and I paused it, and it, like, brought, it brings up all, like, the data about the film. And I came back with, like, like some popcorn, and I was like, what? What now? <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is not the movie I thought it was going to be at all. And I was really, like, when they, the, the heavyset kid in the beginning, I was like, all right, maybe he's Sam. Oh and my God. Kid, and I was just so confused for right. like up until he got to art school. I was like, I don't think this is the movie that Amazon thinks it is. <laughs> um, that is actually the film Josh and Sam. S A M. S A M. Yeah. <laughs> is that based off of a comic that this guy wrote? No. No. So there's no reason it should be. Yeah. 1993 B movie that what? no one's ever seen. I was also shocked because I didn't pay attention to this. When I went back, I, I like afterwards, I was like, I told Ben, I was like, I have a weird story about when I went to rent this. And then I went back, I was like, maybe I'm wrong. And before yeah, I tell the story, too. I should double check. But I double checked. And then I saw something that I found more surprising, which is this movie was made in 2006. Yes. Yeah. It feels yeah. like a 94. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm doing the math. Jess is way younger than us. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I just opened up the, the the IMDb page for Josh and Sam, oh, really hoping that the description was that like 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 a description of our school confidential. Oh God, yes. that is so perfect. It would have been spectacular. It's some like kid rents Josh and Sam, hoping for a run, or, yeah, and gets like our school confidential. Anyway, be amazing. Did you were you surprised? Like, because one, I thought that Ethan Suppley looked like he was super young, but he can't be because this movie is not that old. I was just surprised because it looks like it's a film from like the mid '90s, like the film quality. The yeah. film quality, the story, like the way the the actors in it are like real late '90s actors. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I think that that has a lot to do with Terry Zwigoff. Zwigoff. Yeah. I, I never know how to pronounce his name, but I think that has a lot to do with like the type of film that he uses, as well as the fact that like this the script was written by Terry Zwigoff and Daniel Klaus, mm-hmm. and this is based off of a comic from 1991 so like i think that that has a lot to do with kind of it somehow dating itself with without dating itself yeah there's definitely some things that are confused like when i was watching it, i was like oh why didn't anybody really have cell phones like yeah. 2006 everybody like when i was in college everybody had a cell phone so i was like that's weird there was yeah. just little things that i was like oh this really and then it really made me think ethan Supley is aging super well guys yeah <laughs> 
He looks younger than he did in Mallrats, which was in 94. I know, he looked like a baby. Yeah, Ethan, Ethan Supley and Joel David Moore, who's that weird robot character in Grandma's Boy, yes. are both in this, sort of. <laughs> and they both are, like, super young, but I gotta say, Supley's, like, just crushing it. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. He is so, like, just so over the top in this movie. And the guy from Avatar, also great. Yeah, it's Joel David Moore. Uh, he's oh, JP from uh, yes. uh, from from Grandma's Boy, who's doing like, the robot voice and like that terrible bit in that mostly bad movie. Yeah, and I also loved uh, Nick Swartzen. Yeah, I, like clapped when he was on. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh my god! I I was just like before we started recording, I was telling Ben like, so I saw this movie in 2006, and when I watched it yesterday, I was like, oh my god. Adam Scott, oh yeah. my god, Nick Swartzen, oh my, it was like basically all these people that I had no idea that they were in this movie, and I don't I, I don't know if it was just like I forgot about them or I just didn't know about them at the time when I watched this. The only one that I knew was in it was Scoot McNary because this was like his big, his first big movie, and he was or is, very good friends with my ex-boyfriend who I went to go see Arc School Confidential with. Wow. Who is this Who is this person? Steve uh, McNary. He, he, he is, he is uh, classified in the film as Army Jacket. Army Jacket guy. <laughs> He's one of the... Uh, the, art, the oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, like, kind of like the dreadlocks? Who are not... No, 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 no. That's hippie guy. Oh, it's the one that's like actually kind of nice to Jerome. Yeah. He's got like a bandana on. Yeah. He's one of the many rotating casts of art school students in this movie who are nowhere near well defined. No. <laughs> like, let's just talk about it. All right. So the beginning of the movie, we can skip over. The kid always wants to be an artist. Uh, I did enjoy that, it, you know, it's it, you don't often hear the word queer bait in a movie. So I thought that was surprising. But, and the uh, character that delivers that line is, it really did his research on being a douchebag. Because yep. he's yes. like a white beater and like a, like a kind of weird messenger bag. And he's like on rollerblades or something. And he's got backward sunglasses. And, and he is covered in like orange tanner. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's a very unnatural look. But the movie, when it, it gets to uh, Strathmore University, mm-hmm. uh, and we're introduced in what is, like, an improv level of just, like, zany character archetypes. Yeah. Yeah. Many of which never appear in the movie ever again. That's... Yeah. The girl who's not wearing shoes, she's never in the movie again. I yeah. Know, which is, like... Not super- even in the background. <laughs> it's and such- she has, like, it's- such a point. I was like, oh... It's setting up for an ensemble of players, and then they're not there. They're never there. <laughs> they yeah. are replaced by other characters. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was weird, because you've got, like, the punk rock girl who's, like, crying when her parents leave. You've yeah. got the hippie girl with no shoes. Uh-huh. You've got the kid who's got, like, the guitar case full of bongs. And then you've got the horny dad, which I was just like, what? What is this guy in the movie for? And this I poor mean, girl whose role is just like, bend over, show us your panties. It feels like you're opening up for like a Porky's sequel. It, yeah, and then and then when none of those characters appear, you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I was really upset that I didn't get to see uh, Barefoot Girl again. Yeah, because like, I that think... was like, that was seriously a girl that I had classes with all throughout hard school, as well as like... I so, knew a girl like that who was an art major at Wright State when I went there. Seriously, yeah. There's, like, always that one kid that never wears shoes, and they're like, yeah, I got a piece of glass stuck in my foot, and now I have sepsis or something. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, wear some goddamn shoes. <laughs> no, shoes. I can't see the use of them. <laughs> I, yeah, I just, like, I just don't believe in them. Also, like, I don't, eh, mm, the, I, the horny dad, I feel like that was kind of, like, Daniel Klaus's, like, 
you know, tip of the hat to like himself. He's, and, to himself. <laughs> I don't think he was married at the time, so like he's he's got to do something. But what's interesting about the setup of the Strathmore like the story once we get into it yeah. is that Daniel Klaus's character from the comic, despite only being a four page comic, is split into like three people. Yeah, he's split into three different characters because he's the main the main protagonist is this sort of lost wandering art student. Mm-hmm. But then there's um there's Joel David Moore character, mm-hmm. who is, like, the guy who's been around, he's, he's failed three times, yeah. who's, like, describing the things that Klaus does in the book, where he's like, here's all the archetypes coming into the Which, class. Can we pause real quick? I just, I need to ask, since yeah. we've got our expert here. Sure. Was he, was he an art student, or was he just saying that he constantly drops out of college and just re-enrolls as a different type of student? Because he's not good at art. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's hilariously good at it, but he's not like he's trying. So it's like, I didn't understand. He's like, I'm going to drop out because I'm afraid I'm not good enough. It's like, well, clearly you're not good enough. You're not even trying. <laughs> exactly. No, I think that, yeah, I think that that's kind of the idea is that, like, I, I went to a very different art school where you didn't have to, like, you know, uh, select a major. So basically it was interdisciplinary and you can kind of do whatever the hell you wanted. Um, so this idea of like, you have to drop out to then change your major is something that's completely foreign to me. And also I'm not really sure if that's like still a system that we use. And I was going to say, I know plenty of people who changed their major in normal college. I can't imagine art school would be that different. Yeah. But he definitely like comes off to me as, um, one of the many, stupidly rich individuals that I went to school with who like literally have nothing better to do, but to go to school. And like, they know that they can get a free meal ticket from their parents if they just keep going to school. So it's like, I'll do this for a little while. I'm going to find out that I suck at it. And then I'm going to drop out, re-enroll and then do like whatever else. Yeah. But they don't flesh that out. Exactly. Which is like super annoying because I feel like that is like one of the main (laughs) art school archetypes. (laughs) But, but, like, the best part about this movie is is the beginning, is they they show all these archetypes, and you're like, okay, sure, they disappeared. Then you inter- you're introduced to, he lives in a room with a guy who's clearly gay but won't admit it. Yep. Then uh, Ethan Supley, who's, like, the film major, who's, like, a total D-bag. Oh, yeah. And, like, the guy, like, the personification of what you think somebody who wants to be a director, which I knew a guy like that when I was in grade school. He was like, I'm going to be a director, but, like, everything he ever did was just ape other movies. And I'm like, that yep. doesn't count. Yep. But anyways, you're introduced to all these characters, you you enter you meet the girl that the our lead character is in love with, mm-hmm. and then like right in the like towards the end of the second act, the movie becomes an entirely different movie, and the really good funny movie just disappears. Fears. Yeah, yeah, and I don't get why that couldn't have been the whole movie. No, you, you end up instead getting uh is getting just like like twenty two art school confidential street like this weird like yes <laughs> oh my god yes. That is that may Holy be the shit. best analogy I've ever heard. <laughs> oh my god! But like, what bugged me the most about it is is to catch you up if you didn't watch this movie. Let's be real, you didn't watch it. Um, is that a character is introduced in the first act who turns out to be an undercover police officer mm-hmm. who is investigating strangling murders related to the art school, and yeah. which is revealed so late in the movie that you're like, I don't even care. Yeah, we're talking like late third act. He is literally <laughs> revealed, and then they accuse a person of murder. And the thing that drove me insane about the end of the movie is it's like written by a person who has like has suffered brain trauma (laughs) 
Like, he gets these paintings, which clearly have mementos <laughs> of a serial killer glued to them. And he's like, huh, he's really good at painting so, realistic chains and IDs. FYI. Idiot. One of them has a social security, security card. And <laughs> <laughs> a murder victim. The other one has the woman's driver's license. Like, <laughs> and, like, another one has, like, the school ID. Yeah. It is and the it's most ridiculous like, shit. And ever- it's not like they're painted. They're, like, literally just taped on. The one is the woman's necklace. Yeah, and this guy's like, huh? He's he just likes to accessorize. It's so insane and so stupid that it's mind-boggling. No, you know what? It is mind-boggling. But like, okay, so I still work at the same art school that I went to. So I'm just gonna do like a little like these are my own personal views. This does not in any way reflect on the institution that I work for. Blah blah blah. But some of our students are that fucking dumb. Like. <laughs> love our students i think that they are brilliant artists but jesus christ like some of them are so out of touch that like hey like there's a serial killer around and like he doesn't even fucking know about the serial killer he lives in the freaking suburbs and he's never like watched the news like picked up a newspaper nothing i'm I'm willing to accept all that but you need to be so dumb as to not i mean like i don't think you could meet an average person who would not realize that these are items from dead people oh no Art students. It's art. It's all, it's like, oh, it's found objects. Like, right. and if this is like, it's a, found objects. It's found it's objects. Cool. Like, that is legitimately like, you were talking to somebody who has like opened up a freezer and there have been an, there's been an ice cube tray full of jizz. Like, this <laughs> oh. is a thing. Oh, that is like, we need to just pop. Is this at your art school or do you need this, a new roommate? No, this is at, <laughs> I live alone for these very reasons. <laughs> no, yeah, I would too if the people I was living with were uh, <laughs> ejaculating into containers I was going to eat out of. Yeah, right? Yeah, right. No, I mean, like, art school is just, like, that fucking weird place that, like, yeah. you can be as freaky-deaky as you possibly want to be. And, like, it's gotten a little bit more conservative because more institutions are concerned with insurance <laughs> And not being sued. But, like, for the most part, like, you can pretty much, like, SAIC, School of the Art Institute of Chicago, um, up until, I think it was, like, the early 90s, had a pornography class where, like, students made pornography. And so, like, this is Tell not... Tell me more. <laughs> oh, I can give you the whole shit. But do it, like, say it slower. Okay. Ben, can you get the lights? <laughs> I think we know who's responsible for the ice cubes. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, damn it. <laughs> well, no, I'm just channeling the movie because this is the thing I thought was weird. The first half of this movie is just straight up horny. Mm. There's like him trying to get laid. Yeah. There's Holy naked shit. models. Everything's about sex. Yep. And then again, abruptly, it becomes the world's Her- shittiest murder mystery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, the it, end of this film drove me insane. Aggressively. Yeah, they wrote two movies. Yes. And they smashed them together. No, I think it was like, so... Basically, how I view it is that Daniel Klaus wrote the first half of the movie of, like, this is the setup, this is the environment of art school, like, this is what it feels like to be an artist, to be an 18-year-old going to the big city and, like, being lost and trying to figure out their own shit. And then Terry Zweigoff came around and was like, but we gotta make it a film noir. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, and it's just fucking weird. Like, I think that's... Just, like, they did literally write two different movies, and then they're like, okay, second act is how we're going to bridge the two, but in the most vague way possible. The love story fades to, to nothing. nothing. And then and then yeah. in comes murder mystery, it's like, and that's fades it. fades into, like, our main character wanting to kill himself. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, the he's whole, 
There is so much wrong with like the end of this movie. It's the thing that's shocking is once I learned it was two thousand six, I was like, I thought this movie was like in ninety four. So I was like, I guess like Law and Order wasn't a big thing yet. So I can excuse people not understanding how the legal system works. I and, and I gotta say, just to reference your, your your point before, he goes to grizzled, depressed, failed artist so quick. Yeah. Like he's still maybe like four months into his freshman year of art school, and he's at the bar like drinking whiskey, being like, "I will never be anyone." And I'm like, "Whoa, yeah. dude!" <laughs> like, let's talk manic depressive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, smoking cigarettes, drinking whiskey, like. Yeah. Like third third year, the third month of my freshman year of college, I was still just trying to figure out how my food card worked. Like I was fine. Like, oh, I was like relaxed, dude. Yeah, I was way too wasted to get my yeah. projects done. That was what I did my third month of art school. Oh my god. And it's like the greatest part about art. I hope you didn't put any ice in those drinks you drank. <laughs> oh no, I did not. And as a resident, I didn't even live with that person. <laughs> But but also, didn't it feel like this movie would have been way cooler if the perspective was just from the cop right off the bat? Yeah. Like, wouldn't that be the way cooler movie? Is another kind of cop going into an art school and telling you what it's all about? Look, I think that like I think that the thing was that they wanted to kind of give that surprise of like. Oh, it was a surprise. Well, I mean, but, like, the idea... It was a surprise, because you were like, what the fuck no, is this movie about? But I feel like the the idea of, like, okay, here is this student who looks like he's, like, straight out of the army, comes in, and he, like, blows everybody away. And, like, he is going to be the next greatest artist. He's going to be, like, the ne- next Jeff Koons. And, like, everybody's sucking his dick and whatever. And then you find out, oh, he's a cop. And, like, I kind of saw that from, like, a mile away, as well as, like, what's-his-face being the murderer, like, nada. Come on. We gotta pause real quick and talk about (laughs) the man in the apartment, because when he went up there and they started talking, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, this is me in ten years. Oh! (laughs) Like, minus the alcoholism. (laughs) I was like, "Uh uh-oh, he hates everybody. Oh, no. (laughs) This is Jim Broadbent. He's one of my favorite actors. He's fantastic. I love him. Yeah, the big, bushy beard. Uh, So, also, uh, Professor Slughorn from Harry Potter. Yes. Uh, He's fantastic in everything he does. And he he kills it, even though his role is confusing and terrible. Yeah, and very, like, not well developed at all. Because the two... makes no sense, because he appears to be an agoraphobic. Right. But yet he goes out to murder people and and, and meets a large number of these people somewhere. I didn't didn't view him as an agoraphobic. I viewed him as basically, like, every grizzled alcoholic artist that I know. Mm-hmm. That's how I viewed him. I was like, oh yeah, I know that dude. I drink with him at Archie's. Like, that's how I yeah. saw that character. I didn't see him as an... Maybe you should cut back on the drinking then, because I... <laughs> hanging out with people like this, maybe find a different hobby. <laughs> but, like, the lead-up to introducing him is confusing, confusing. because so confusing. you've got the main character with this avatar that is essentially also the main character. Uh, get it? Yeah, oh, that's why none of us left. Yeah, oh, all right. <clears throat> Ooh, tough crowd. Um, <laughs> uh, he's just like he's just like out of nowhere. They're walking to this dude's apartment with like mm-hmm. no with no exposition, no reason why. Yeah, and then they show up like, and what appears to be Compton. Yeah, and, yeah, and you'd expect this guy to be like uh, like a finding forester kind of guy, where he's like up in his apartment, and he's like he's not coming out, but he's like full of knowledge and wisdom. And that's why people, like, are drawn to go see him. Like, he's this sort of miserly old, like, 
muse, you know, full of information. He doesn't have any of that. No, he does have all the wisdom and information. He's just furious and angry. No, he That's does the information the... he's giving you. Exactly, because if you go towards the, if you look at the comic, mm-hmm. I mean, it's all about how art school is a fucking ripoff and like how. That's okay. Yeah. How only again? This is not the opinion of the institution she works for. <laughs> not at all. School. Yeah, this is not a. This is my personal opinion. This episode not sponsored by the SAIC. <laughs> So the fuck. Yeah, I mean we are pretty prolific, so yeah. you're in trouble. So yeah, one of the eight people who listen to this has <laughs> the dean at your school, you're in trouble. This is the new Frost Nixon. Don't, oh, be, don't, man. don't be. <laughs> So but I mean he does have the knowledge because I mean basically this is why I'm kind of annoyed with the movie not exploring um you know, Joel David, or not Joel David Moore, um, yeah, Joel David Moore's um, character more is that, um, you know, he is the rich prick who can go to art school and it doesn't really fucking matter to him, like, how much money is spent because it's, like, just not that big of a deal. Whereas Jerome comes from a working class family, we're to assume that, like, going to Art school is kind of a big deal. And so they go to Jimmy's apartment and he basically lays it down. Like, this is your future. Like you are going, there's only like one in a hundred artists in your graduating class that are actually going to make it big, that are going to be represented by a gallery, going to go blue chip eventually. The most, like most of you are just going to end up like this. And so I think that, yes, Jimmy does have the knowledge. And I think that um, Joel David Moore's character is trying to impart, like, because he's, like, trying to break down, like, this is how art school is to Jerome, who is very, like, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, kind of a dingbat, bit of a rattler. And he proves to be right. Oh, my God, yeah. He basically says that art school is a joke. And here is, Jerome is a very good, like, classical artist. Like, he's very good at, at that. And then what do people love is the the minimalist paintings done by a person who you later find out has no artistic skill whatsoever. He basically can only paint like that because he has no skill. I fucking yes. loved those critique scenes. With... Those paintings are actually Klaus's that he did when he was in art school. Wait, seriously? That's what it says on IMDb, which this movie only has two pieces of IMDb trivia, which I found shocking because every movie has about 80. Um. Yeah, this one this one was not full of of, of cool trivia, uh, but but those scenes when they were discussing like art pieces and like <laughs> yeah what they liked it's like oh he he's like unlearned everything he knew about art. art and the one guy's yes. like no he just doesn't know anything like, god yeah. damn it that was that so felt like and amusing I was hooked on that movie when those were happening that yeah, I wish that more of them had happened oh yeah yeah absolutely. me too I, though I fear that like I probably would have like had some like Vietnam type flashbacks to yes. my own critiques yeah. Um, and like, I gotta say, there's always that one girl that cries during critique. <laughs> there is always that one girl. It wasn't girl. you, was it? There was one time, <laughs> but I had some shit going on at home. I understand. So, like, it was, it was different. But yeah, no, there was always that one girl. Also, like, my other favorite moment in this was the guy taking Polaroids of a scrotum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because, okay, so last semester. Oh, so, no. In this first semester. <laughs> I'm walking through our student center and we have our freshman art show up and it goes all over campus and it's a really great opportunity for the freshmen to show their art and show what they've been doing for the last year. And 
I counted one, two vagina pieces within a 30 feet radius of one another. There's a giant, like, gash in the wall, and then it was, like, molded like a vagina. And then there was another one that was, like, a vagina teepee, mm-hmm. just, like, right next to it. And I was just like, you know what, art students? Is that a whole course? Is there a vagina? Uh, yes. It's just, like, a genital... Vagina like, sculpture? Yeah. I mean, the genital number, art. I gotta say, I think it's a general art. I think you misread yeah. the uh, description. It's just gen- boom. yeah, boom. <laughs> Wait, there's no teeth. <laughs> but no, like the number there's of plenty of V though. Oh, in my art school days are yeah mind-boggling. I didn't go to art school, but I felt <laughs> I felt a, a sliver of that because I spent a year in film school. Uh, being a film major at my university, and I, I dropped out, and I dropped out mid-class, like mid-lecture. I left the, the, the lecture hall, and I switched majors, like, within about five minutes. That was literally what happened, and it was during a moment like what these scenes were, where they were, like, breaking, where they were, like, praising an idiot. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, goodbye, uh, because... You didn't have that when you were – you never took, like, creative writing courses? Because I took them, and people oh. – that's the way people would be. It's like somebody would read this yeah, that... terrible story, and you'd be like, what the fuck? And people in the class would be like, that's really good. I'd like to hear more. And you'd be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, why? But but in, I remember specifically what happened is we were watching Strange on a Train, uh, the Hitchcock film, and we were, we, were, we, were, we were going back through it after having watched it, and we were pr- tr- trying to pull out sim- symbolic moments in it. So basically, the teacher was just fast-forwarding through moments until someone would was call it Derry? out. <laughs> What's that? Was it Derry? <laughs> I think so. No, yeah. it had to be. There, there were only two professors. Uh, was, was Tourette's? He was fast-forwarding <laughs> fast through to specific moments, and people would be like, oh, there was like a piece of symbolism there. And and, and all, Strangers on the Train is about two strangers meeting on a train and pass crossing. Yeah. So there's a lot of like cross, like crisscrossing uh, uh, imagery, <clears throat> which included like like tile floors and like the one character is wearing two tennis brackets like in a crisscross, that kind of thing. <laughs> and someone stopped the film because he said, hey, in the background, I see a picture of George Washington. And of course, George Washington was famous for crossing the Delaware. Oh, fuck right off. And I said well, that. I said out loud. I, I should have given that guy a round of applause. <laughs> And I was waiting for the professor to be like, yeah, that's not good. You're dumb. Um, but he was like – and he gave the kid a real, like, that's did, brilliant. Did he, did he seriously do a slow clap? He gave him like, a little clap and was like, yeah, that's my student right now wait. And I got up and I left. I left and I never came back. You didn't, like, go online and just check real quick to be like – because, I mean, it was Hitchcock. I wouldn't put it past him, actually. I suppose, yeah. but it wasn't the picture of him crossing the Delaware. It was just, just a picture, picture of a portrait of George Washington. Jesus Christ. I don't know. Oh. I could be wrong, but I'm I'm happy with my decision. But I felt that when they were doing that one scene where he was like, oh, he's like – like, when he had just drawn a tank – like, oh, no, it was from, just like, the, the car. Side. Oh, the car? car? Yeah. The first time when he drew the car. Yeah, and um, it was like, there was like, it's so brilliant how how uh, unaware of, of technique he is on purpose. And Jesus. I'm just like, oh! Like, I just, I felt that rage. Blah, 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 mm-hmm. So I wanted a whole movie of that. Oh, no. I mean, the, the movie has a, a, a path. Like, I, they just drop it. Yeah. Way through the film, which is an art student who decides he hates art because of the way people treat it. He's trying to get this girl who is stuck in the mindset of like art, is, you know, like the next big thing sort of art thing. And then they eventually fall in love based on something. Because Instead, that's not what it becomes. Her. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the end of it is that she's a fame whore. So like she is drawn to Jonah, who is the one who like paints tanks and 
whatever. Everyone loves everyone everybody's loves like sucking his dick. And then when he's found out his moon man was awesome. Yeah, okay, his new name yeah, was awesome. Right? Also, that was my favorite part of that movie. I liked his later work. When he was like, <laughs> when his wife was like, it, it doesn't have to be perfect. And he says, they have a long way to go. I like died <laughs> laughing. I was like, oh, you're an artist now. <laughs> like, you understand. Yeah, you, you hate something you did. Yeah. That's the sign of a true artist. You complete something, you're like, fuck, that was terrible. <laughs> it brought me so much joy. Um,. Because on paper, <laughs> this first act sounds exactly like the movie I want. Yes. A satirical art school breakdown starring Steve Buscemi, Jim Broadbent, Angelica Houston. I mean, and John Malkovich. And John Malkovich. I'm oh, like, good, let's go. This sounds great. Like, is Wes Anderson directing? This sounds amazing. Exactly. And it's not that at all. At all. <laughs> not at all. Can we? I, I'm going to pause again because you, you're so invested in this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I'm just curious because I feel like I was like, maybe I missed something. She's not in love with him because now he's quote-unquote famous. She was already in love with him. That's why she's digging through the trash to find the painting he painted. And she doesn't realize that he's a serial killer yet. And he's not. That he's not. Well, he's not a serial killer. But and she 100% knows he's not a serial killer because they were on a date when one of the people was killed. Exactly. So the fact she wouldn't immediately go to the police and be like, no, he can't be it, is insane. She knows that. She knows the art world. And she knows that in order for him to basically make a shit ton of cash he has to like pretend to be guilty which i am fairly certain that is illegal (laughs) like you cannot lie to the police about an alibi you have there is a ton of things that are illegal about (laughs) true true yeah that was that was so much issues with the legal system in this movie like i don't even want to get started he's living in like a penthouse in prison but he hasn't even been tried yet so it's like you can't you're just putting general population (laughs) while you're waiting for trial no that's like yeah that was yeah hysterical to also, me. I thought that it was hilarious that they were like, now his art's worth a lot of stuff. I'm like, that's not how being a serial killer works. Otherwise, John Wayne Gacy would have been fucking loaded out the ass for his stupid ca- uh, clown paintings. Okay, nobody wants clown paintings. That's why, but it's... Or, or Hitler's dog paintings? Yeah, Hitler's yeah. dog paintings. What about, he did the, um, the Seven Dwarfs, but he changed the name so Disney wouldn't sue him. <laughs> Who did that? John Wayne Gacy in prison. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. It was like Heidi, Heidi Hi-Ho or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He okay. named it something different, so it wasn't a crime. You could you used to be able to buy his art in the back of the... Uh, there was, like, a series of comics that had biographies of serial killers. So so we're not all going in order, so I'm just going to throw things out. Um, no, I'm, I'm not sure there's a way to explain this movie. I don't really think that there is either, other than it's just, like, what the fuck crazy. Right, but can we talk about how fucking awesome Adam Scott is? Yes! yes. So, like, that, like... Okay, so I watched this movie the first time... Having not been to art school. Yeah. And then after completing art school, working for an art school, and then watching this movie again, I was like, holy sweet Jesus, Adam Scott, you are basically every visiting artist that I've ever seen. <laughs> really? It felt to me like it was like every time that you have watched like Inside the Actor's Studio, how a person really would react to the fucking stupid questions they're asked. So that is literally like, okay, so I saw a... Um, Visiting artists talk with George Lucas, got a year and a half ago, and he was like the biggest piece of shit. <laughs> like Lucas, Lucas, he was like so. Our president Walter Massey. This podcast not sponsored by Lucasfilm. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling this podcast is going to be done after this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's really burning some bridges for us. You know what? I like I lit a bunch of matches, and I am not afraid to fucking flick <laughs> them wherever they go. So. 
like George Lucas, like Walter Massey, who is an incredibly intelligent individual. He's the president, well, former president of SAIC, um, now chancellor, um, is a scientist and um, is also very well respected within the um, art school um, community because he really brought SAIC up from the flames of like just utter shit. Again, not my personal. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, so, yeah. Um, you're good. You're good. Yeah. So um, Walter Messi is asking these like really amazing questions to George Lucas and he's like, uh, I don't really want to ask those. <laughs> I, just, I don't want to ask so I'm just going to go on this, like, crazy rant about silent film and how that's really cool. And, uh, Lucas Museum is oh. going to get tits. And, like, it's Were just... you not aware that, like, George Lucas is the, like, world's biggest film snob? Oh, my God. He, he appeared in front of Congress to stop them colorizing films. I know. It, but, it like, I wasn't expecting him to pull that shit in front of, like an auditorium of art students who were all incredibly disappointed. Also, he was at the school about eight years ago and upon entering the auditorium, all of us were told, do not ask any questions about Jar Jar Banks. Well, I mean, <laughs> in his defense, I would probably ask people not. I'd just be like, yeah, I was sorry, but like, Misa have a question. I think. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like a stormtrooper comes out and just beats you to death. Exactly. <laughs> Big bottom. Yeah. Here's, here's just a weird George Lucas fact, which blows my mind when I found out about it. Do you know he was originally supposed to direct Apocalypse Now? Yeah, I know. Oh, I did not know that. Okay, there's okay. Apocalypse Now tangent. I just gotta plug this because it's like my favorite book of all time. So Eleanor Coppola, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's wife, wrote her like basically published her diaries of filming Apocalypse Now. Yeah, they also she also used her documentary footage for Hearts of Darkness, which is amazing to watch because Francis Ford Coppola goes insane like he's Kurtz. Oh my god, yeah. He goes like in, in her diary she like talks about like him having like a mistress on the side and him going crazy and like every single holiday just seems like a fucking shit show in the Coppola house. Guys, don't burn our Coppola bridge. I, uh, I, <laughs> I think I think that one's burned. There's a great scene in that in that documentary where he is laying on a Diaz watching yes! Coppola slaughter a goat. <laughs> it's the most insane. He's like eating grapes and like ten feet in front of him, a guy's just sawing a goat's head off. Yes, I'm learning so much. Yes. It's so good. <laughs> Okay, that was a great tangent. <laughs> uh, um, so but, that, that's yeah. our art school cred, right? That's what we're yeah. trying to get out. But like back to like the Adam Scott character. Yes. It was very similar to also like, um, so my commencement speaker was, um, uh, fuck, why am I blaming her name? <laughs> Maybe it's best not to name her. <laughs> <laughs> um, famous art lady. Famous art lady. Why am I? It's uh, she wrote the book uh, when we were kids or uh, shit. I just wish Adam Scott was more in this movie. Yeah, I, I mean it was a great cameo, and I do love that like he basically rips on all the people asking all the stupid questions, and then the one guy's question is why are you such an asshole, and he's like that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, no, it, yeah, that was pretty great. Like, why are you just Patty Smith? Fucking Patty Smith. So Patty Smith was my commencement speaker, and like. She was just like in like a punk rock band from the eighties. Yeah. So like the same lady. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. (laughs) So Patty Smith and she like did like three songs for our commencement and whatnot. And but like her speech was just like, "Don't give a fuck. 
accept the fact that you're going to be poor for a really long time and love those years because they're going to be shit, but they're going to be amazing. And I kind of was like, hers was much more that, inspiring. That, that's more positive, inspiring. Yeah. Than I was going to say, Adam Scott was, like, was so- basically, if you're not famous, fuck off. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was like, his was very defeatist. Yeah, but it was it was kind of like a, at a certain point it was like she was just like if you don't want to hear these words then like I don't know what to tell you like go fucking get a job at corporate America. So like, I don't know. But speaking from a film perspective, I thought Adam Scott was underutilized. I mm-hmm. know he was great in that scene. I wanted to see more of him. You know who was the most underutilized? Angelica Houston. Angelica Houston, who was only in two scenes and is only credited as art history teacher. Also, <laughs> uh, okay. I loved her face when they had the argument about the patriarchy. Yes. Yeah. Her face said everything. It reminded me so much of my teacher that taught uh, – comparative religions eastern religion anytime people would start talking about jesus he would just have this face that he couldn't hide where he was just like oh fuck this thing again yeah well and also i just it was okay first of all incredibly underutilized i would have loved to see so much more of her in this movie i mean you've got you've got ethylene tannenbaum you've got uh uh morticia adams like Fuck you. Do not underutilize like, that's, that's the second role what? you decided to pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, the Adam Sandler movies are amazing. Easy. And, like, the thing that really, really bothered me about her role is when Jerome goes up to her and was like, I'm going to do this for a girl. And she was like, go get her. No yeah. Yeah. art historian <laughs> like her would ever fucking say that. Like, nobody would ever say that ever. I was. I think of, it was more really was... like. Fuck you. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't make some actual paintings. Like, I think it was supposed to be more she was excited that somebody wasn't just trying to win it to become famous. I think that was supposed to be the point where she was just like, oh, somebody's doing it. But that's, this is but one step like, down. It's I, mean, I know, but I yeah. look, man, this isn't the part of the movie that makes no fucking sense. So I don't know what you want from me. Because she appears in like maybe minute like 15 mm-hmm. and then she reappears at like an hour 20. Yeah. And it's so confusing. Hey, after the, the switch has been flipped to be like, welcome to, I don't know, Requiem for a Dream Confidential, like where everything just becomes like a bizarre turnaround. It's... He becomes an alcoholic. The movie really ends super shitty. And I feel bad because I really did like the beginning of this movie a lot. I know. Yeah, I just wanted, like, the entire movie to just be, like, the first, like, half an hour times three. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll tell you what. When the serial killer came, I was like, maybe the serial killer is going to be Sam. Because I'm still waiting for that kid to show up from the description. (laughs) You're still waiting for a little child to come through. I'm like, well, maybe he got lost on his trip to Canada. I thought Strathmore was supposed to be in Pennsylvania or something. Yeah. Oh, my God. Super- oh, oh, my God. One of my notes, I totally forgot about this. So one of my notes is, Jerome is a monster who puts tax into their pieces. Exclamation <laughs> part. Exclamation. Like, oh, right. He taxed them up on the he wall. He taxed them up the You know, I, I don't go to art school. You don't do that. Oh, my God. I was just like. And not well, either. <laughs> Up, at least sure. would be like, I got some duct tape. I was going to duct tape these. Yeah, right? Like, fucking have the paint flakes off. What ofs? Like, <laughs> oh my god. Such a monster. Like, I was screaming in my apartment. That so, is perfectly curated. One of the thoughts when I was reviewing the movie for... I was trying to find a particular scene and, and going back through. What the fuck 
was the purpose of his roommates. Because they are introduced early on as if they're going to be super relevant. That's what I, yeah. Like they're going to be I think maybe, maybe it is right that maybe like either they got like a studio note to be like, you can't just make a movie about people in art school. That's not a film. Because like the beginning of the movie super feels like, and I mean this as a compliment, like an early Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. Yeah, it does. No, it totally does. But then it's just like the, the roommate who's gay, completely worth, I mean, you take him out of the movie, nothing. Hell, there's no reason for him to be in the movie. No. Even even the movie maker guy who gets a lot of screen time doesn't... and has like a weird romantic arc with some woman. Yeah, who, yeah, who is that? I don't know. <laughs> she appears. So... Must be in the third movie they wrote that got cut. <laughs> she <laughs> appears and like presents herself as like this muse to like get him on track to yeah. be his own voice. And I'm like, this isn't the protagonist. I don't know who this guy is. I don't know who she is. Why are we spending so Which much time, time with this? And it felt like his arc was the exact opposite of real filmmaker arcs. Yeah. Which is like, you always get the people in film school. You always get the person who wants to be like a Hollywood director. But everybody else is an asshole. Yeah. Who yeah. like, I mean, it's like Derry. I mean, his student film, he made us watch it. It's like a dude looking at a clock while a car drives around in a circle. It's like the most asinine <laughs> bullshit. And like he ends and you're like, huh? And it's like, no, that's as terrible. As a podcast special feature, I should share my final uh, oh, uh, yes. uh, 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 film school. It's, it is bad. It is bad. Let me tell you, like, like every uh, writer or artist or, or anyone in art school, their first big work, the first thing they think that they're committing themselves to is going to be about death. Not about their <laughs> death or, or, or maybe about their death, but it's going to be about death because that's the biggest thing you can think of. So that's what you write. So I wrote a, a terrible, like, suicide, uh, like, film, even though I was – the happiest kind of planet, harboring no depression whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole reason me and Ben do this podcast, is yeah. we're the exact opposite human beings with the well, same sense of humor. Let me just, he enjoys life, yeah. I'm just waiting to die. <laughs> let me just add on the note that the film does include a picture of someone stepping off a ledge and then cutting to an apple falling onto concrete. Get the fuck out of here. I wrote what? that shit. <laughs> you picked an apple? No, Why did you pick something that would break? It was. It did break. It was earlier. Oh, it did? Okay. Something okay. had an apple. All right, we're done. With that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is, oh my god i, I was the douchebag all right you know what's what's better than ben's movie is my documentary i made about ben's movie called <laughs> ends of darkness <laughs> there's a scene where he's laying on a diaz in the cafeteria watching them steal a taco <laughs> just eating an apple <laughs> that same apple that well shirtless just it's real weird guys <laughs> That was before I dropped out of nice. school. Right. Uh, another thing I got to bring up. Yeah. What the fuck was up with John Malkovich, right? Oh, my God. He was I clearly love... trying to fuck Jerome, right? Yeah, yeah. What was that? Oh, my God. What was that? Okay, so. Oh, oh. no. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> so this is going to be another rip from the headlines, <laughs> Law and Order. <laughs> no, it was like, it was so reminiscent of so many people that I have met in art school. My, like, Second favorite line is the exchange of like, so how long have you been doing triangles? I was one of the first. Fucking have heard that so many goddamn times. It enrages me. And like, and then the 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 blatant kind of, or not blatant, but like on the DL, <laughs> like kind yeah, of. Yeah, the, the, the so sad, Like I'll help you. Yeah. yeah you need to experiment with different uh, lifestyles. But then like, Jesus. okay, so that's gonna be a thing that happens somewhere later in the movie. Nope. nope. No, 
<laughs> there are so many threads that are picked up and then just like, eh, fuck it. Yeah, exactly. Because we gotta get back to this murder mystery nobody cares about. That is the thing that, like, annoys the shit out of me, is that, like, I would have much rather had it been, like, a 30 Rock episode, where you actually, like, have, like, all these, like, threads that are connected and line up, and then, oh yeah, by the way, there was a murder mystery, but we didn't really pay attention to that. Oh, there well. doesn't even... Just get rid of that whole sub-story, and the story is just about a guy who decides he doesn't need to go to art school. (laughs) Yeah. Like, he goes, it's terrible, he has, like, a nervous breakdown, and then he meets a girl who teaches him that art isn't about what a a teacher or a grade. There you go. The movie's funny, and it has a happy ending, he ends up with the girl. That's it. I don't know why the murder mystery is in this fucking movie. I think it's all studio notes. I really feel like it's studio notes. That's a huge studio note, though, because that's like a third <laughs> of the film. <laughs> like, they wrote, it, they wrote it in. They were like, ooh. It's like, no, oh my god. What if, what if the grandfather character is the studio telling them that they have to add, well, I wanted a shootout. I wanted a shootout. <laughs> maybe that was supposed to be, maybe they wrote, maybe he wrote that in. Maybe class was like, well, I'm writing in a guy who's like a real asshole who makes us put in bullshit nobody oh, wants. Really? I, I think I, so. I think that, like, Daniel is smart enough to fucking do that. And I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because I'm in love with him and I think that he's like such a brilliant person. Well, I mean, and- clearly the, the comic is not, I was like, I was like, well, it's based on a comic. I was like, maybe it was like a really long comic, but then I found out it's four pages and I was like, pages. Oh, fuck all, I, I can't be about this. So I just assumed that, yes, yeah, somebody in a studio or something to get money, they told him they needed to change something, but it's... Oh. It's a train record. I mean, it's it's still an okay movie, but, uh, but it, the ending is so good, and then the ending is so bad I, that it's just like you're just like, oh, really ruined the beginning of a great film. It's it's just it's annoying because it's I mean like Ghost World was such a great movie, mm-hmm. and like for this to be the second, okay, so. Wilson, which is another uh, Daniel Klaus uh, book, is being, I think it's either currently filming or they just wrapped up and are doing post-production, but that is starring Woody Harrelson. And I am excited yet very scared for it. <laughs> because just assume the worst. At this I know, point. I know, and I don't want to like have like the Alan Moore-esque, like, you know, like, oh, it's an Alan Moore book that's a fucking genius piece of work that is now being transformed into a movie jesus fucking christ this you is- don't want to end up being alan moore yeah no no is it gonna- <laughs> i just don't want it to be like another like league of extraordinary gentlemen like that's just a- that was that one hurt that would hurt real bad. We can bring it back on for that one. Um, I would be happy to do Wilson. I just I just hope that it's... It, is probably, it... it might just be a podcast of me crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is 45 minutes of a Well, maybe that would be like our art school final. Bring it all in back. I don't think you understand the genius. Nobody else has done that. You don't hear Garrison <laughs> Keel just inviting a woman to cry. Yeah, she cries for about 30 minutes. She says Wilson a couple times, and she cries I love so And then, God damn. Damn it. And then the end, Pokes just makes a dick joke and they turn off the podcast. <laughs> and there was no strategically altered mutant anywhere in the episode. Yeah. Where the fuck is this goddamn mutant kid? <laughs> yeah, where the fuck is that mutant kid? <laughs> was he kissing up to the professor? Yeah. <laughs> I just, love this guy. So, so speaking of uh, uh, strange mutant creatures, Jonah, the cop in this movie, is the weirdest character I have ever seen in a film. <laughs> because early on, they depict him as being too normal for art school. Yes. Right? He's the weird one because he comes in and he's just like a button-down guy. With an, 
with, yeah. a, with a normal haircut, and he's the weirdest guy in the room because yeah. of that. Then to heighten that, when, when the when, when Jerome makes a comment about wiping Earth or wiping humanity off of the plague, he's like, "Yeah." He comes up and is like, "Yeah, I would love to kill all humans." And you're like, now, just "Oh, real quick. You he was trying to see. He thought Jerome might be the serial killer. Well, yeah, but <laughs> he didn't think he was insane, right, Ben? But they haven't introduced that plot yet. So oh that, no, he got it all. Like a Nazi. <laughs> I almost thought when he brought in his painting, I was like, it's going to be like a giant swastika or like a drawing of Hitler. Yeah, I thought he was a crazy, like, like genocidal, like white power guy. And I thought that for most of the movie until it's revealed that he's just a weird police officer who's like thirty five and has a family. <laughs> Yeah, has a newborn, and his wife is pissed. And works him. with two cops from inner city Brooklyn because right. his, his wife is apparently uh, Sonny Corleone's sister. <laughs> that woman was insane. Like I was waiting for her to start breaking plates and shit. I was like, why does she sound like this? They just went to like the cliche actors union to get everyone for those that third act. It's like like a mix between Fran Drescher and that woman from Godfather. It's crazy. So great. It's and, so great. And that dude listens to Fountains of Wayne. I think he's the killer. I think uh, he's the that scene when they, cut, when they come in and he's painting and it's playing that song. Which now that I think about it, why that didn't tip me off to what year this movie had to be in? I guess I was just like Fountains of Wayne is timeless because someone's enjoying Fountains of Wayne. <laughs> Like, one dude. One fucking dude. Oh, we all had that song somewhere. Nope. No, we did not. I did just love, though, that that was the music he was listening to. Um, another oh, painting the weird, like, the best spaceman I've ever seen in my I life. Know, but I love that he's just like, it has a long way to go. <laughs> it's just fucking, I love it so much. So, I like the way he keeps backing up to look at it as if he has any clue what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> oh, my God. Piece of his is the baseball player. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. that baseball player is like. Honestly, it's... I want those in my house. Really? Like, can oh, I? You could buy them. I would definitely buy the space. Can I buy your early works? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> that you used to, to fake a cop being an art student <laughs> in a movie that, that was bad. Make I my just my double check that it was actually his art, and not like the director or the producer. I don't give a shit. Like, I just want that baseball oh. dude. <laughs> oh, it was so good. It so, was so great. So a few rapid fire thoughts that any of us still had as we as we wind down. Oh my god. I will say this. When I went to IMDB yeah. and there was no trivia, I was like, wow, that is shocking. Yeah. And <laughs> the one piece of trivia isn't even good trivia. They're like, it's named uh Strathmore because that's the name of a company that makes art supplies. Correct. And I was like, oh. Because okay. Barb Fire had like fifteen pieces of trivia. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, it was his art that he did at the Pratt Institute. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, but um, I went to, I, which I try to avoid going, which is to the forums on IMDb. Oh, boy. Because One. there's always, like, someone that's like, if you don't like this movie, you're fucking Adolf Hitler. You know, it's just like yeah. people are, yeah. like, so over the top. 90% of the things are, can somebody explain to me the fucking ending of this movie? Why does this movie end so weird? Why the fuck is there a murderer? Who wrote the end of this movie? It's all people like, I don't get the end of this movie. <laughs> Why does it end on a fart? This is terrible. Yeah, and then like, one, one guy is like, he's like, no, don't you see at the end? He gets what he wants. He's famous, and that wins over the heart of the girl. And I'm like, I don't think that is what happens. Yeah, that's a weird moral of the yeah. story. 
Um, my favorite character in this whole movie might be Inner City Exposition Team. Oh yeah. Um, when he when he arrives back at the uh, at Jim Broadbent's apartment and it's burned down, and I'm like, oh, died. how's he gonna learn that he died? Some just like random teenager with headphones and just like eating like a like a like a candy bar is like walking past and like, oh yeah, there was a fire here. And everyone died. And this is... <laughs> and, like, the, and then everyone died. Everybody. Because that is what happened in this movie. Everyone died. What I thought was great, too, was, like, earlier we had seen that when they're walking on the street, there's two, like, vatos that are, like, calling them queer. Yeah. And they're, like, chasing... And, like, as if then anybody's just going to stop and randomly talk to a stranger, regardless of how they look. I'd just be like, man, I'm not fucking talking to shit on this street. I'm walking to where I'm going. I hear somebody yell, Michael Jackson, I just keep walking. <laughs> That's a Ben reference to a joke you guys will never get. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't... I, it's just... You've got a lot of notes. You got anything so you can get to? I don't, like, it's just... Uh, uh, the dude from Avatar... I actually was like, oh, man, he was so good in this role that I almost was like, man, I feel bad that I trashed literally everything about Avatar for years. Yeah, I know, because, yeah. I just know him as the guy from Grandma's Boy. It's... That's weird. I, I mean, I'm sad to admit that I recognized him from Avatar. Yeah. I also didn't realize that the girl who is the, the model, yeah. I kept thinking, I was, like, I was like, man, that girl looks so familiar. I've seen her in a movie, and the only movie I could figure out I've seen her from is she's the blonde-haired girl in Underworld. Oh, right. But yeah, she has not done much. No. And again, I thought she looked younger here than she did in, in Underworld. Underworld. I know it's like oh, no. really, it's like they put like a fucking cheesecloth or something on the lens of the mo- <laughs> like on the lens of the camera, just yeah. so like it looked a little bit softer. I don't know. It's just it's really oh god. Uh, an- this another movie. another note for me. I'll have to try and get an image up of this, uh, even though I've been saying that a lot. Um, the the actor they got to play the um, the nude model in the opening. Oh. Have you looked at the the nude models shown in the comic? It is they are identical. Fucking phenomenal. They found it a perfect the, match of that man. Okay, but seriously, like Daniel Klaus and Terry's way off, like they do the best fucking casting. Yeah. Like Ghost World, same thing. Like the best casting of like the Antichrist or like the Satanist. And like in this movie too. I mean, like, oh my god. I remember okay, so my first ever life drawing class was in community college in Houston. And our first ever model was a grossly obese 70 year old woman who that morning had a mole removed from her stomach. And so she had this giant patch on her stomach. And I was like, yep, that is like, you see the hot girl, and you're like, oh, maybe, like, this is going to be our model. Yeah. And then, no, it's, like, basically the old lady in the bathroom in The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is... That is uh, a good that friend is, of mine, uh, Andy Daly. He was an art student at Wright State. Uh, he's a great artist. He, You know, that's regardless. But he had... Uh, when I went over... When I first met him, and I went to their apartment... Uh, he's friends with our guest, or one of our guests, Schulte. He had all of his art that he had done for his major lined up, and the picture he, for some reason, had on the outside was a life model drawing of like an old woman who, for some reason, in the pose was like, "I'm just going to go spread eagle." I oh, mean, it's, like, it's so, oh such God. a pornographic pose. I was like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "I don't know. I don't pick the poses." Yes. <laughs> like, no. I was like, 
like, why is that one on the outside? There's tons of other great paintings. Becky. You got to get your study in for genital art. Their finals yes. coming up. <laughs> no, I have seen. I have. I have had to draw so many stretched out testicles. Oh. I can't even like. Is this just for fun, or are you saying it's part of your picture? God, no. But like, we. It's. it's <laughs> I would, like, praise the day. Like, there is this one model at SAIC who is incredibly good-looking. He's, like, by this point, he's, like, he has to be, like, in his late 30s. And he is just, like, really, really buff, super cute in the face, great body, great pair of testicles. So, like, like, Have you gone up to him and you're, like, just great sex? That's a great great sex. Just like walk up like he's like he's like oh how was the drawing today hey I just want to tell you great sack bro great, great sack and then just yeah. walk off yeah exactly I yeah whew boy but men it's a great sack by the way <laughs> we can't do that that's a different episode and a different podcast yeah um but your review of art school comes down to uh, uh <laughs> sack. <laughs> Good. Ah! Just, lots of genitals, lots of bodily fluid, and um, and just and just uh, uh, just ice popsicles. Cubes. There we go. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it rolls today in SAIC. Yeah. Oh God, Jesus Christ. I'm gonna I have a, I have like a I like I'm gonna feel real bad. Like if you get fired because of this podcast, like <laughs> I'll pay for you to move back to Houston or whatever. I don't know where you're really from. I just I'm I'm real bad it. right now. Smart. We'll take probably... the proceeds from our one T-shirt sale and we'll get you. <laughs> <laughs> I just okay, so I just want to like I, I just want to have this one thing. Yeah. So uh, Daniel Klaus was recently interviewed by um, Mark Barron, and they were talking about art school and him, you know, finding his voice and things of that nature. And when he was asked about his Pratt years, which is where he went to school, uh, art school in New York, um, he said, "I can't say I learned art in art school." <laughs> <laughs> so like. Straight off the bat, he's just like, nah. Like, and he says that he considers it a four-year break from having to get a job. <laughs> so, I mean, like, he just is a major hater on the art school idea. And it's kind of funny because, I mean, so many great comic artists didn't graduate from art school. I love uh, one of the best I uh, an interview with Bruce Tim, the guy who is like the creative force behind almost all of Warner Brothers cartoons. He's the one who created the bat- the look for Batman the animated series. Somebody asked him, they're like, what should I do to learn art? And he was like, well, you should really go to art school and learn the basics. And he said, don't go and do what I did, which is I just drew stuff based on comics I had seen. And then there's a pause. And he was like, well, I guess go ahead and do that. I mean, I do have a career. <laughs> Thing. I was like, oh wait, that's never mind. Yeah, do, 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 that's literally what Daniel Klaus said immediately following. I can't say I learned art in art school. He said that he learned from copying slash studying styles of other comic artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and so it's just like I mean, it's like it's a debate that um, my boyfriend and I have been having a lot because he's been thinking about going back to school to get his like grad degree or whatever, and he's a comic artist and. At, he went to he went to art school for high school. I went to art school for college, and I was like, "Just get your fucking library science degree. Like, yeah. have, a, have a backup." I agree. Like, I just I don't want like us to put a shit ton of money into grad school <laughs> and for like you to just decide like, "Oh wait, now I'm 100 G's in debt, and this sucked ass." Also, <laughs> my limited experience with people who went to art school have all said the same thing, which is they don't like it when you draw comic book art. Yeah. Like, they yep. are like actively like, don't draw like, that shit. That's not art. And you're like, oh, oh. That's well, why I, 
That's why I took the class. And that's what happened to Daniel Klaus, is that, like, he went to Pratt, and he was, like, drawing... Um, there's a quote here. I'm going to pull it up. It is. So, okay. So first of all, this movie is, um, loosely based off of a, um, movie from 1953, I want to say, 1953, 1956 called High School Confidential, in which there was like an, uh, undercover cop, um, that goes into like, you know, it's like basically like the 1950s version of Skins and every other shitty teen drama. Where it's like, yeah. oh yeah, kids do drugs and like have sex and blah blah blah, but um, basically like in his, um, he talks about like going to art school, and he's doing these um, these paintings that are like kind of comic themed, and he said that one of his teachers um, said that his work was uh, more sophisticated, and he said that he wanted his work to be more sophisticated and not this Betty and Veronica kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, basically, he's like, well, Archie bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't do comic art. It's fucking bullshit, and nobody's going to respect you for it. And it's really weird because I feel like, at least at SAAC, like, there's so many um, professors, like Beth Hetland, who is a local Chicago artist. Um, I highly recommend, like, checking out her stuff. She's very, very talented. Um, she teaches two or three different classes. One of them is in the writing department and it's about writing comics and doing self narrative. And then the other one is in the fibers department and it's about how to make alternative comics out of alternative material. Um, really interesting stuff. And the school is like branching out more in like that interdisciplinary idea of like, what is comics? Jeremy Tinder is another uh, indie comics artist who graduated from the school. He got his MS MFA through painting and drawing, but he primarily did comics. And also Chris Ware, our most famous comic artist. Yep. <laughs> um, but I mean, like if you talk to like, Basically, Jeremy and Christopher. Oh, also, um, uh, Jeffrey Brown is yeah. another yeah. uh, SAC alumni. They'll be like, you don't have to go to grad school. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're just like, whereas, like, Beth went to the Rhode Island, like, Institute of Comic Learning or whatever. And so it was very, very different experience for her. Um, but unless you have that certain experience, like, it's just kind of like a waste of fucking money. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just like this movie was a waste of money. Oh my god! And I think it, is this Terry Zwigoff's last movie? Uh, Let's look that think, up I because think I think be. it might be. I think it was. I believe Ben said he only had directed three oh, things. Body. Yeah, FYI, he, he directed. Oh no! He directed the Crumb documentary, Ghost World, Bad Santa, and then Art School Confidential. And, so... like, the Crumb documentary is so great. And yeah. that's part of the reason why Daniel Klaus and him, like, hooked up was because of the Crumb documentary. But, oh, buddy. Yep. Old like, you haven't off. worked in ten years? Like, what... We're not sure he's alive. It's a rough go. No, he's alive. But, I mean, like, Whit Stillman gets more work than that. Like, Jesus, fuck. Oh, I feel really bad for him. <laughs> Sudden. Well, I think uh, depression is the name of the game when it comes to discussing art yeah. school. <laughs> and uh, this film. Yeah. <laughs> Which you now know a lot about. Yeah. Probably more than you wanted to. And we also recommended a great documentary about a movie. Now, <laughs> anyone can go ahead and just send me like a quick write-up of how Josh and Sam is. Really like to know. Yeah. 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 Our next Let's episode will be Josh, Josh and Sam. Sam. <laughs> 
gonna pretend that it's part of a like comic book. It'll be yeah. It's based off of a comic. It's it's yeah. it's based off of the description for Art School Confidential. Jesus, the Alter Mutant. Ah, <laughs> spectacular. Okay, any, uh, la- any last notes? I think I'll, that covers my uh, furious response to this movie. Oh, my other furious response is uh, in the movie. This is the big difference between the comic and the movie is that in the comic. Um, Daniel Class is like very honest and says like no girls in art school are good looking. Yeah. Truth. <laughs> Whereas in the movie he like Wow, did you just really just say on a podcast you're not attractive? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but like in the movie he's just like, Oh my god, it's like the fountain of fucking youth up in here. Like it's gonna be gorgeous. And I'm like, there's like five gorgeous girls, and then everybody else is just kinda like, cute. They're okay. They're like, mm. But yeah, oh god, this movie. Oh, it's so disappointing. I, think, I, <laughs> I hate I think, saying that because like, oh god. I think enrollment at SEIC is going to be up this year. <laughs> this well, with out. the seventy to thirty percent, like seventy percent women, thirty percent male, like it's always going to be up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get fired. <laughs> or at least you're going to get like that. Whoever made the wall gash is going to come up and be real pissed at you. <laughs> <laughs> God. Like my two foot tall clit? Fuck you. Yeah. It's a general art, so you can just fuck right off. It's For the last time, it's general art. It's general. There's no tea. Oh. Oh. Well, there are P's and V's. All right. Um, I think that does it for Art School Confidential. Go to art school, guys. It's the best. So go to art school. I mean, as a super successful artist like me who never went to art school, I would say. <laughs> That I'm lying about being super successful. <laughs> as an as a unsuccessful person who went to art school, yeah, fucking do it. You'll have the best years <laughs> of your life. <laughs> and there's a good chance you'll eat some semen ice. <laughs> yeah, really good chance. Well, besides semen ice and the art school that you work for, do you have anything else to plug? <laughs> oh, I do. Um, so Stan Leather Goods on Etsy. I'm, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm selling my own uh, handbags as well as... Um, one-of-a-kind prints and artwork. I have a very awesome Ren and Stimpy print. Yes! Yes! Um, Shit, a real so plug yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so Stan Leather Goods. Um, also, if you want to uh, follow me on Twitter, I very rarely post, but my handle is adorable and kind of crazy. It's called Sylvia Trench. <laughs> so I'm at Sylvia Trench on Twitter. I will randomly post from this point on. That's a real pro plug, I gotta say. <laughs> Thank That's you. That's a real pro plug. <laughs> I'm just excited for plugs for things that exist. At I know! Not, yeah, leather. Not outdated GeoCities accounts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not like, at one point in time, I had a blog in like 94. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was about my favorite hot dogs. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm at the Disco Pony, as always, on Twitter. Uh, that's the best place to find me. And then Pokes? Uh, you can just follow my Instagram, which I'm woefully behind on. Yeah, get on that. I miss it. Um, yeah, it's at it's Pogues. Also, if you're in the Dayton-ish area, I uh, this Sunday, <laughs> I'll be at the Ohio Toy and Comic Show. Oh. It is at the Holiday Inn across from Wright State. It's a good, it's a fun little thing. If you like comics and you're in the area, swing by. I'll buy be his it. stuff. Yeah, buy it, please, guys. This podcast is just costing me money. I need, I need some, <laughs> they plugged us as a guest. So Look, I went to podcast school and this is not paying off. <laughs> My major could never pay off unless, I know. unless the I... Eastern religion turns out to be real <laughs> and I get up there and I'm like, sweet, I can lie. Hey guys, I have a BFA. Like I'm fucked. <laughs>
<laughs> I don't know, because you can, you know, it, it can be like a, you know. It makes a really great wall piece. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry, I have a creative-focused English degrees. A creative-writing-focused oh, English degrees. So. Again, uh, you yeah. guys just can't beat me. It doesn't matter what your major is. I will always win. <laughs> yeah, this is a trifecta. This is great. Eastern religions. That's a degree that I wasted five years on. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, people. That's a degree you literally can't get a job with. There's no job in the field of it. All right. Good times rehashing my waste of a life. Thanks. <laughs> Dear Dayton, swing by the podcast or the fucking comic book show. Also, if you would like to tell us your opinion on uh, Josh and Sam or Art School Confidential, you can go and post a comment at facebook.com slash naospod or tweet at naospod and me and Ben will read them on next week's mini episode where we'll tell you the next movie up. Uh, can someone show me a poster for 22 Jump School Confidential? Yes, please! Thank and you. then send it to me because I'm going to frame it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm probably just going to make that one, I guess.